Our Father in heaven, we ask for thy guidance every hour. And we understand that that guidance comes from the Spirit dwelling in us. And we pray, Father, for that same Spirit to speak to our hearts and minds this afternoon, to keep us awake, attentive, able to, to hear and to perceive and understand. We ask, Father, also for thy word as it goes forth, not just here, but across the face of this earth. We pray, Father, that it may return unto thee, having fulfilled its purpose. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I feel led to read from the book of Revelations, beginning with the second chapter. Now this chapter begins the account of the narrative between John and Jesus Christ, Apostle John, and the message sent to the seven churches in Asia. And I ask for your forbearance. I think it's, it only makes sense to read both chapters so that we get a, a quick cross-section of the seven churches. So I will try to read as quickly yet without overseeing the words from both chapters, beginning with verse 1, chapter 2. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, this, These things said he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars and has borne and has patience, and for my namesake has labored and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent." But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of paradise of God. And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things said the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. 
he that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos write, These things said he which had the sharp sword with two edges, I know thy works, and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seed is, and thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith, even in those days wherein Antipas, my faithful martyr, who was slain among you, where Satan dwelleth. But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed unto idols and to commit fornication. So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Repent, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things said the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy works, and the charity, and service, and faith, and thy patience, and thy works, and the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her space to repent of her fornications, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. And I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searches the reins and hearts, and I will give unto every one of you according to your works. But unto you I say, and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not, not, have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden, but that which ye have already hold fast till I come. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my Father. And I will give him the morning star. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And unto the angel of the church of Sardis write, These things that he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know thy works, that thou hast a name that thou livest and are dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. If, therefore, thou shalt not watch, I will come upon thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Thou hast a few names, even the Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. 
And to the angel of the church of Philadelphia write, These things said, He that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but, to, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know what I have, that I have loved thee. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world, to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou were cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the, name, the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eyesalve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. I have read through verse 22 of chapter 3. We are at the beginning of a new year, a new calendar year. And while time itself is something that human beings marked in order to uh, use as a, a point of reference, but also to gauge the progress of events and even our lives, it is a good thing for us to consider that a new year is before us, and to consider also the past, the past year, the way we have lived our lives, what God has done in our lives, what God is trying to do in our lives, and what God would like to do in our lives based on what we understand from the Word. It is a new year for us. And as I considered the opportunity that is before all of us to take inventory of our lives spiritually and to consider what we would do differently in the year to come. What would we would change in our lives? What would we like to not happen 
in a recurring fashion in our lives? And who would we like to be like? What would we like our testimony to say to the rest of the world? And so as I thought about that, not only for myself, but also even for my family, as the head of my house, I have the ultimate responsibility and accountability before God to ensure that I warn and that I make, make sure that I fulfill my role as a watchman within my own family, my own flesh and blood family. And of course, we can, we can see that the model in the scripture is that every father every husband, every believing father and believing husband has that role, has that responsibility to, to consider not only the, the spiritual well-being of, of himself, but also the direction that the family is going. And if every one of us that is in that position would do that, um, the aggregate effect would be that the church as a whole the body of believers, the local body of believers, would be going in, in a correct trajectory. And so we have here the account to the seven churches in Asia that were explained through the revelation that John had on the Isle of Patmos while he was in exile. He had the vision. Jesus Christ himself appeared before him and told him, to write these things and to communicate them to the messengers of the churches. And the, the word angel means, means like it always means, a messenger. But in the context here, we can, uh, we can make one interpretation that it is specifically speaking to someone that may have come to the Isle of Patmos. It could have been, it could have been the overseers of the seven churches that visited John on the Isle of Patmos, and or, or at some point later in his exile had come to see him because they knew that he was there um, or that he was simply communicating this information to those that would, would pass on the message to the churches. We don't know precisely. And what, what matters to us is that the seven churches have a message. And it behooves us then to look at the seven messages, to look at the, the seven messages and to see where perhaps we can find a similarity, a parallel with ourselves, with our lives. And, and what we're talking about here, what I am talking about is first and foremost, a, whether there's a similarity with my life, not the church as a whole, but my life. And we believe, I believe that that is precisely what God would like us to do beyond just assessing the characteristics of each of the seven churches because he, he is emphatic, and I, I may have been a little bit over-emphatic in, in, in reading those verses, but every time he would finish, he would provide the, the additional, if you will, command that he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches, in plural. So this would imply that God wants us to listen 
by reading these words and to look at the accounts of the seven churches and try to see if through the Spirit's leading, whether there is, there is some similarities in my life, whether there are behavioral patterns in my life that have a striking similarity with some of the behaviors that we see in these seven churches. There are two churches um, that are not, that, that, that the, Jesus Christ himself did not find something against, did not have something against them, or something that he could point to. So, but even in those churches, um, we, can, we can learn. And so, the first thing that we would want to look at these is to see how we see ourselves. If, perhaps to maybe bring a little bit of a, a down-to-earth application, because we're very familiar with this, I would say that we, this is not uh, uncommon to us. This is, this is not, nothing new for us, the accounts of the seven churches in Asia. But if we look at it from a different perspective, Say, for instance, that you are the head of a corporation. You are the chief executive officer of, the corp of a corporation, and you are ultimately responsible for the well-being of your employees. Even though you are driven to find new markets for your product, let's say, your services, ultimately you know that at the back of your mind, there are those that are counting on your oversight, that are counting on your management skills to be able to procure the next contract and to be able to continue the cash flow of the company so that all the employees that come every morning and sign into work can continue to do so without worrying that tomorrow there'll be no work. People go to work every day. People go to work every day, and sometimes they don't even think whether this company that I'm working at is going to be here tomorrow. We take it for granted that somebody higher up in senior management is looking out after us, has our best interest in mind. Well, the reality is that that's not really what senior management thinks. Senior management thinks has the best interest in the company for the, whole, the total success of the company. So let's take that analogy just a little bit closer to the spiritual application. If you and I were responsible for the spiritual well-being of many people, and we had an opportunity to find additional insight as to what would make the people that we have an oversight of successful in the year to come, if we had acquired an insight as to what that would be, I would propose to you that these two chapters is that insight. If I were to look at these two chapters from that perspective, I would then diligently seek through here and see what characteristics is, is my fellowship exhibiting that puts them in a precarious situation facing this year. Because over and over again, and we can read from the Gospels, uh, in, in the Gospel of Matthew, we have the, the Gospel of, of Mark, and we have the Gospel of Luke, there are at least three, four, or five accounts where Jesus simply states that nobody knows when he's returning. Not even the angels in heaven. He doesn't even know 
when God is going to say, okay, now, my son, go. And he, and he keeps providing this, this analogy that when he returns, it'll be totally unexpected. It'll be at a time when you least expect him to return. And he's making that exclamation, not just that that is the pers perspective of the world when Jesus Christ comes. Oh, they were, unexpect they were not expecting him then. He's talking about believers. He's talking about his servants. Over and over again, he says that I'm going to come. I may come in, 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 in the middle of the night. That, or I may come in the cockroach. I may come at, at any time like a thief when you least expect it. And so from that perspective, even though I don't espouse to the idea that his return is imminent, I don't believe in imminency. That's my personal opinion. But I do believe that things can happen so fast that he could come this year. And this year, he could, this year could be his return, for instance. And, and so we have to be found when he comes watching and so if I, was, if I was ahead of this corporation and was given an insight as to how can I make this corporation succeed in the time to come that's facing me this year, I would be searching through these two chapters and trying to determine what characteristics does my corporation that I work in or I have oversight of, what characteristics do they have in parallel with these people and how do we address them? How do we deal with them so that we're not caught unaware, caught unaware when Jesus Christ comes back. This emphasis is critical for every believer. Matthew 25, we have the parable of the ten virgins. I'm going to, it's just a few verses. I'm going to read it very quickly. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but you go rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore. For ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. We can take this parable and we can try to spiritualize every element of it, which is not wise to do. The overarching message is that we don't know when Jesus Christ is coming. And so we don't want to be caught unaware when he returns. Well, what does that mean? What does it mean to be caught unaware? Are we not believers? Are we not Christians? Are we not the servants of the Most High? What do we have to be concerned with when we meet him, when he comes? What is our concern? Why would we be caught unaware? Does it matter if he comes at midnight 
or the cock crow or in the early hours of the morning? Does it really matter? I'm a believer. I'm a servant of God. Does it matter? Over and over again, the scripture, Jesus makes it very clear that it does matter. It does matter what state we're in. What matters is whether we are prepared to meet him, which means, like if we read in the chapters 2 and 3 of Revelations, that even though we may have the identity to the world that we are Christians, quote-unquote, the question is whether we are actually Christians in word and deed, in faith, in action. To the core of who we are, are we really identified with Jesus Christ? Does he really know us? And we see that those that, and I'm going to read for the sake of time very quickly, Chapter 12 of Luke, verse 35. Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. So be dressed as if you're ready to go. Be, have every part of you in anticipation that you're going to, all of a sudden, at any moment, have to take a journey. Now, of course, this is uh, a figure of speech. We, when we say, you know, let your loins be girded, it doesn't mean that that physically this is what he's expecting us to do but he's asking us to live our lives in a state of readiness readiness to go and one of the characteristics is of readiness is that we have our lamps they're trim there's oil in the lamps we're ready to meet him when we hear the cry so we're ready the lights are burning the lights the witness of our life is visible and he says here, and ye yourselves, like unto man, that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Now, watching there is the same as all the other watchings that we see in most of the scripture, but particularly what we see in Sardis, where he says that Thou hast a name that thou livest and are dead. Be watchful. Or in other words, be in a state of wakefulness. Be in a state of spiritual wakefulness. And strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found thy works perfect before God. This is Jesus Christ speaking to the churches and to each believer Specifically, remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If thou shalt not watch, in other words, if we don't make the effort to be spiritually awake, I will come on thee as a thief. I will come to thee unexpectedly, 
and a time when you do not expect me to come. In the case of Luke, it says, Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you, that he shall gird himself, this is speaking about the Lord that comes, shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. This is Jesus saying, blessed are we if we make the conscious effort to assess our lives, to look at chapters 2 and 3, to be brutally honest with ourselves and to determine whether in fact we have we share in some of the characteristics of those seven churches in asia and whether we're going to heed to the warning at the end of every single statement for the churches he that hath an ear let him hear if you have an ear are you listening are you listening to the spirit are you going to consider this year. Peter says, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us or even to all? And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. But, and if that servant say in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to act in a way that is completely inappropriate for the servant of that Lord. In another scripture, it says that evil servant, it, it qualifies the characteristics of that servant. And it goes through and it lists the three kinds of servants. And the scripture makes it clear, as the last scripture to read before closing, Jesus says, But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take ye heed. In other words, devote thought and effort to this. Take heed. Devote thought and effort to this. Pay careful attention. This is Jesus speaking. Take heed, watch, be awake spiritually, and pray, for ye know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is as a man taken a far journey who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work, his responsibility, and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the, hour of the house cometh, at even or at midnight or at the cockroin or in the morning lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And when I say unto you, I say unto all, answering Peter's question, watch. This is Jesus speaking. And he's speaking to us. He's speaking to all the believers. He's saying, you have a new opportunity this year it's a new human calendar year from your from our perspective it is an opportunity to start afresh to be honest with ourselves to allow the spirit to reveal to us 
where we are not conforming to the image of his son, where we have grown slothful and sleepy, and where we are potentially in danger should he come suddenly, unexpectedly, of being caught unaware, having to give account why we are not found watching. The scripture says that they that overcome, constantly it repeats that. He that overcomes. Jesus says, I overcame. He, he says in the end of Revelations, I overcame. And I have overcome. And then he tells us in the Gospels. He says, these things I have spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. In Jesus Christ is guaranteed peace, but not in the world. In this calendar year to come, you have two sureties. Peace with God and Jesus Christ, if you're aligned with him, and tribulation in the world. It says here, that in me you might have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. But he says, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Christ has overcome the world. He was sinless. And he set the standard for us. That we should aim for that standard. And that with the power of the Holy Spirit, we should overcome very unto the very end. We should overcome. And he that overcomes will have a white raiment, the scripture says. A white raiment that will not be defiled. Those that have their garments defiled will have the risk, the scripture says, of having their names blotted out of the book of life. Serious words. Serious words. And so we have this year. We have this year as a new, fresh opportunity. It's a new page. It's a new leaf for us. It's an opportunity for us to search our hearts and be serious about our profession, about our devotion, about our worship to God and to his son, Jesus Christ. Amen.